0: Welcome, welcome everybody to the first ever episode of Sports by the Bay. I'm Nico and I'm your host. Here we talk about all things Bay Area sports and just sports in general. Today we're going to get started with the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, they acquired the third overall pick from the Miami Dolphins in exchange for The 12th overall pick this year, a 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and a compensatory third round pick that they got after the Robert Sala hiring. Now, there's been a lot of talk about which quarterback the Niners are going to take. We obviously know, and it's almost 99.99% locked in that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars barring some massive crazy incident happening. With the recent trade of Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, it seems almost more than likely that Zach Wilson will be the pick at number two for the New York Jets. And that leaves the Niners with everybody else. That includes quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields, North Dakota State's quarterback, Trey Lance, Alabama's Mac Jones, as well as other guys like Oregon's Panay Sewell at offensive tackle, Kyle Pitts at tight end from Florida, just to name a few others. But assuming that they traded up for a quarterback, we're gonna take a look at those main three, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. There has been a lot of hype around Mac Jones. It is very, very surprising his meteoric rise up into possibly the top three after being viewed as no better than a third round pick at the beginning of this year. Then after this year, he was viewed as a first round pick. Then a couple months after the national championship, he could have gone he could be going in the top 10 and now all of a sudden he's projected to possibly go number three to the San Francisco 49ers. It'll be interesting because Matt Jones is very, very similar to quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach has had in the past. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, who won MVP when Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator in Atlanta or he could go a more athletic route slash dual threat with trey lance or justin fields it will be very interesting seeing the route they go with obviously a lot of the hype is going to mac jones right now a lot of people believe that mac jones will be the pick at number three this could also be a smokescreen there are a lot of people thinking that the niners will take trey lance i personally really like trey lance is he going to be the best fit for year one? I'm not sure. I view Trey Lance a little bit like Josh Allen. That same sort of build, small school, but great dual threat. He may need a little bit of refining because he has a lot of raw talent. But I think a year under Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter, the Niners could develop... Trey Lance for a year and then give him the keys the following year. I feel like Mac Jones is probably the most pro ready for the Niners offense. I think that Mac Jones would be the most likely to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo for week week one starter. And Justin Fields, obviously Justin Fields had an incredible, incredible pro day at Ohio State running a 4.44 42nd 40-yard dash and he made some really, really nice throws as well but as far as I think, I genuinely think that Mac Jones is probably the guy you're gonna pick as far as what I'm hearing as far as all the reports Adam Schefter even came out saying that he would be very surprised if Mac Jones was not the pick at number three. I personally do like Trey Lance and Justin Fields a little bit better just because I feel like their styles of play would be very, very good inside of Shanahan's offense, but we know what Mac Jones is. Mac Jones is arguably the second best quarterback in this draft if you took away athleticism. And that's what a lot of people have been saying. He is the best or the second best quarterback. Besides athleticism. And so, I would not be surprised if they went Mac Jones. And, yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. As far as other free agents that they could go with, they could look to get a corner like Casey Hayward. They're not going to bring back Richard Sherman, I can guarantee you that. They may look to address... Defensive line depth or offensive line depth, barring injuries, which the Niners, as far as last season, have struggled with. And like even the home stadium got put on injured reserve. And yeah, so now we're gonna move on to the San Francisco Giants. San Francisco Giants, let me pull up the stats. Are now two and two. I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are 2-2 right now. They are third in the National League West behind the Dodgers and the Padres. They beat the Padres yesterday in a nice 3-2 win. Three solo homers for the Niners. And so far, the Niners have been playing really well, especially Evan Longoria and Donovan Solano offensively. And yeah, the San Francisco Giants right now sitting all right. They could be doing better. They obviously lost that opening game after blowing a 5-0 lead to the Seattle Mariners. Came back in the second game of the season to win win that game, but got shut out in the third match, 4-0. And yesterday was a big win yesterday for the San Francisco Giants against a very, very good Padres team who many consider to be A top three team in the league right now moving on (laughs) moving on let's go to the Golden State Warriors Steph Curry has been carrying the Warriors out of his mind even with the injury he's averaging 29.4 points per game had 37 and 5 rebounds against the Hawks last game, and it feels like the Warriors are slowly starting to lose their grip. I was hoping at the beginning of this season, even with the Clay Thompson injury, that the Niners, not the Niners, the Warriors could be competing for a 6 seed or a 7 seed or something like that. And I was right at the beginning of the year. They seemed like they would be on that trajectory. I did not think they would be one of the best teams in the West. Because Clay Thompson was injured, and I felt like you needed Clay Thompson for them to be a top four seed. But I thought they could make the playoffs. Right now they're sitting 10th, which means they are in the play-in. But they're gonna if they're gonna want to make the playoffs, or at least the play-in, they are going to have to string some wings together. The Lakers, I did not realize this. They were in fifth. Well, their two best players are injured. And yeah. Let's take a look at this, the Timberwolves are in last place, the Rockets in 14th, I mean yeah. So the Warriors, you're gonna need bigger performances from Andrew Wiggins scoring wise, Draymond, there was that stretch where Draymond was playing very very well where he was averaging like triple doubles, he had like 4 games where he had 15 plus assists. We're gonna need that Draymond if we're gonna make the playoffs. Kelly Oubre has to contribute more offensively, and the bench has to play better. It, it feels like it feels like there is just that mentality of let's let Steph go to work, but it's not working anymore because Clay was able to at least get some of that attention away because this is what I loved about the Warriors when they were in their dynasty era. You could still consider this the dynasty era, but the true dynasty era of like 2016, 2017, it was impossible to guard them. And I'm talking pre-Kevin Durant days where you could have Steph and Draymond handling their pick and roll, and that is already two defenders there. They might even throw a third at them because of Steph and his range, and it's unbelievable. Then you have Clay who's running around the baseline, and you have a guy who's setting down screens for him. So that's another two guys, which means that you have one guy who's guarding, I don't know, Igadala or something like that. Boom. It's like you can't leave either of them open. You can't really help the double team. Because as the as Max Kellerman famously said, he wants Iguadala with The death being pointed at Earth. Now, I'm not saying Icky would have hit that shot all the time, but he could hit it down consistently, and in the clutch, he was very clutch for us. Whereas the Warriors nowadays, they face the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They are underdogs by 6.5 points, and yeah, it'll be interesting seeing how that game fares out. Whew. Now, I am a big soccer fan, um, and I don't really keep up with the San Jose Earthquakes that much. I do root for them because they're the closest team I have to me, but I don't really keep up with them. I am much more into European football. And so let's take a look at some of the results. We had the UEFA Champions League today. Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund. Real Madrid against Liverpool. Obviously, Real Madrid without Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane being diagnosed with COVID earlier, but still they managed to pull out a gutsy victory at home. They did give up an away goal, but they won 3-1 against Liverpool, repeating the same result that happened in the Champions League final several years ago with Vinicius Junior scoring a brace One in the 27th minute and one in the 65th minute. And Marco Asensio scoring in the 36th. Mohamed Salah scoring in the 51st minute. Being the lone goal, but a very, very crucial away goal for Liverpool in the tie. Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund. City did win 2-1, but Dortmund does have the away goal that they got. De Bruyne in the 19th minute scoring the opener. Marco Royce tying the game. the 84th minute but Bill Foden in the 90th minute stealing a victory and a crucial goal for Manchester City. Now let's take a look at tomorrow's matchups. We have Bayern Munich against PSG. My team Bayern Munich versus PSG. It'll be a very very entertaining match for all to watch. It'll be a repeat of last year's Champions League. If Neymar is healthy that'll be very crucial watch. Mbappe did play very well against Bayern in the Champions League final. He was just unable to convert chances. We'll see if they'll be able to do it against a Bayern team that will be without Robert Lewandowski, that will be without many players, such as Serge Gnabry, who were crucial in Bayern's run to going undefeated in the Champions League last year. And crucial for them being top of the table in Germany. Let's take a look at english soccer right now in the premier league we saw that manchester city is gonna most likely win the league they are 14 points clear of second place manchester united but they have played one extra game so assuming that united possibly wins they would be 11 points clear still feeling pretty confident if you're a manchester city fan barring in a complete disaster collapse. It feels like United most likely will be getting second place, barring a collapse once again. Leicester getting in third place right now with 56 points. They seem like almost a lock for the Champions League, considering that they are four points ahead of, surprisingly, West Ham United, who got a big win against Wolves, 3-2 on Monday, was it? Yeah, they got a victory yesterday on monday three to two over wolverhampton you have in fifth place chelsea who still have a very good chance of making the champions league right now they're in the europa league spot but they still have a very good chance of making champions league but they did lose 5-2 at home to west Rome. and if we take a look at where west Rome is that's not good because west Brom is in 19th and they're in the relegation zone. (laughs) So we have Tottenham, who's my favorite team in the Premier League, mainly because of Sun, since I'm half Korean, who still can make a run at Champions League. It feels like, barring collapse from United and Leicester City, that the second and third place finishers will be those two teams. West Ham is not out of it. Chelsea's not out of it. Tottenham's not out of it. And Everton is not out of it yet, all being within five points. But Aston Villa also is a game down as well as Everton. So if Everton can win another game, they will be on 50 points, which if it was happening right now, they would be in sixth place. And Aston Villa, if they were to win, they would be in eighth place. Arsenal on 42, Leeds on 42 as well, Crystal Palace on 38, Southampton on 36, Wolves on 35, Burnley on 33, Brighton and Hove Albion on 32 points, Newcastle United on 29, and in the relegation zone, Fulham on 26, West Brom on 21, and Sheffield after their great run last year, finishing I believe 7th. Last place this year with only four wins and at 14 points this year. We take a look at the league leaders. Harry Kane leads the league in goals with 19, Mohamed Salah right behind him with 18. Bruno Fernandez with 16. Patrick Bamford with 14. As well as Calvert Lewin, who also has 14. son on 13. And yeah assists harry kane better win pfa player of the year the man is leading the league in goals and in assists. he's got 19 goals and he has 13 assists leading the league bruno fernandez also playing very very well this year 11 assists kevin de bruyne with 11 assists as well jack grealish with 10 and hyunmin son with nine with rashford and cresswell having seven and as far as goalies go, got to give it up to Edison Morales, 17 clean sheets. Martinez from Aston Villa on 14. Edouard Mendy with 14 clean sheets as well. Hugo Lloris and Kasper Schmeichel on 10. Now, if we move over to the most entertaining league this year, as far as title races go, we have La Liga. Bayern, not Bayern, Barca. Barcelona picking up a massive victory for the title race yesterday against Valladolid. They got a 90th-minute winner from Usman Dembele, which was huge for them because now that puts them one point behind Atletico Madrid, and they have a t- plus-12 goal differential over Atletico Madrid if it comes to a tie in the end. Real Madrid did get a very big win on Sunday, not Sunday, Saturday, beating Eibar 2-0, putting them on 63 points. So no team is safe yet. Sevilla sitting pretty comfortable in fourth place as far as Champions League goes on 58 points with Real Betis and Villarreal on 46. With Real Sociedad being the only team that can really challenge for Europa League. As far as relegation goes, you have SD Huesca, SD Eibar, and CD Alaves all on 24, 23, and 23 points. But it'll be very interesting seeing how this goes as far as the Spanish title race. We have Real Madrid versus Barcelona, the good old El Clásico on, what is this, Saturday, April 10th, Sunday, Saturday, whatever day it is. But that'll be a fantastic match to watch, even if you're not a football fan. You need to watch this match if you enjoy soccer at all. And a big match for Atletico Madrid as well. Real Betis, who sit fifth place and are still competing for that Europa League spot, are going to go against Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, probably the favorite, but they have dropped 14 points in their last 10 matches. They are not in form at all right now. And Real Real Betis have won three of their last five, so it'll be interesting seeing how this goes. As far as Italy goes, it appears that Inter Milan most likely will be winning the league, snapping Juve's streak of eight straight consecutive titles. Juve sitting in fourth as of right now, hanging on for dear life actually, in the Champions League spot. AC Milan on 60 points and in 2nd place, with Atalanta standing strong with 58 and 3rd. Napoli on 56 as well, hoping to sneak by Juventus to get into the Champions League with Lazio in the qualification zone on 52. Roma on 51, and as far as everyone else, it drops off from there. In the relegation zone, we have FC Croton on 15 points, Parma on 20, and Cagliari on 22. As far as the league leaders, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, leading the league in goals with 24. Romelu Lukaku from Inter has 20 goals this year. Muriel from Atalanta has 18. Zlatan Ibrahimović has 15. Also does Simi from Croton actually. And Lorenzo Insigne and Laturo Martinez both have 14 goals. As far as the CISCO. Alvaro Morata. I would not have su- suspected that. Morata leading the league in assists with nine. Chalo Noglu, Lukaku, Milinkovic-Savic, and Henrik Rikotarian all have eight a- assists this year. And we can skip the clean sheets for now. German soccer. Bayern picking up a massive win against RB Leipzig. The only real threat to them in the title race this year it appears. Bayern Munich now sits seven points clear of RB Leipzig. 11 match days to go for everybody and even the Leipzig manager said that they had lost the title by losing that game to Bayern. So it appears that Leipzig's chance of winning the league are slim to none. Leipzig sitting in second place on 57, Wolfsburg surprisingly sitting on on 54 points in third with Frankfurt picking up a massive win against Borussia Dortmund this weekend. If Dortmund would have won it would have put them one point behind Frankfurt and put them closer to re-qualifying for the Champions League which could be crucial in the decision of whether they're able to keep or if they're going to have to sell Erling Haaland. Leverkusen and Borussia Dortmund so both sitting on 43 points with FC Union Berlin on 39 as well as VfB Stuttgart and Mönchengladbach also on 39. If we take a look at the league leaders the injured Robert Lewandowski going for Gerd Müller's Bundesliga record He has 35 goals as of right now. Andre Silva, the Portuguese striker from Eintracht Frankfurt, has been on an absolute roll this season with 22 goals, obviously Holland with 21, and Weghorst from Wolfsburg picking up 17. The assist, Thomas Muller regaining his prime form, picking up 15 assists this year with Kostic on 11. Hoffman from Mönchengladbach with 10, as well as Kimmich from Bayern with 10. Sancho, Coman, Sané, and Kamada all have 9 assists this year as well. And as far as clean sheets go, Gulashi and Castiles both have 13, with Neuer having only 7, and Ortega Moreno having 6. That wraps up the German league, and now the French league, one of the the most boring leagues usually because PSG always seems to win the league, but this year it may be different. Four teams vying for that league title being Lille, PSG, Monaco, and Lyon in that order. Lille picking up a massive win against PSG this weekend, winning 1-0, Neymar picking up a red card in the 90th minute after getting into it with some Lille players. Leo now leads PSG by three points, sitting on 66, whereas PSG sit on 63. Monaco right behind with 62, and Leon on 61, sitting in fourth. It'll be very, very interesting seeing how that unfolds. And for now, that is it for Sports by the Bay. I have been your host, Nico. And please send in any requests that you have for any topics and we will wrap it up there. Peace.